This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 21. Today, we hear about the hippopotamus. We try to guess three mystery animal sounds, zoo news, and a lot more. Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode, episode number 21 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And my name is Frederick Fishman, and I am an author and creator of this podcast. And I also developed the 120 animal, 12 volume Visit the Zoo series of books, ebooks, print books, audiobooks on Audible, and the first volume of the DVD series for Visit the Zoo. And I want to thank you again for joining me again this week to the Visit the Zoo podcast. We've got a lot of interesting items to tell you about and some interesting animal sounds and an animal description. So I want to thank you again for joining me. And if you want more details about what we do here at Visit the Zoo, I do have three websites that you can visit. And the first one is the Visit the Zoo main website. And that website is at zooanimals.com. Dot info and animals is plural, so that is zooanimals.info. For my main author website, you can go to Frederick Fishman, that's spelled F I C H M A N, FrederickFishman.com. And if you want to support our efforts here at Visit the Zoo, you can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N, Patreon.com, slash Visit the Zoo, Patreon.com, slash visit the zoo. Okay, let's get started. We usually start with the zoo news here, and that's what we're going to do again today. The first two stories are going to be straightforward, but the third one is going to be somewhat unusual, so we'll get to that in a minute. But the first news story is about two lions that are heading from the Mideast Wars and heading to refuge. And these are two African lions rescued from war zones in Iraq and Syria are heading to permanent homes in South Africa after resting in Jordan, where they recuperated from physical and psychological trauma. The animal rights group Four Paws International rescued Saeed and Simba in Daring War Zone operations in 2017 from Magic World outside Syria's Aleppo and Mosul Zoo in Iraq. Most animals in those zoos had died during the ongoing conflicts in Syria and Iraq. The two lions arrived dehydrated, emaciated, and psychologically scarred at the Al-Mawa Animal Sanctuary in Jordan this year. So we wish those two animals the best. And this next story is from The Independent Online. It's about a previously unknown super colony of 1.5 million penguins discovered in Antarctica. And it says that this discovery, easing fears their numbers had been in decline for decades. The thriving colony inhabits the Danger Islands, where the effects of both climate change and human activity are less pronounced than in other parts of Antarctica. Located off the Antarctica Peninsula's northern tip, these islands are both incredibly remote and surrounded by thick sea ice. This allowed the penguins to remain hidden. As well as assessing the birds from the ground, scientists used drones to take pictures of the island from above and count hundreds of thousands of breeding pairs. 
Once they had created these images, the scientists used neural network software to analyze them and search for penguin nests autonomously. In total, there were 751,000 pairs of penguins living on the islands, more than the rest of Antarctica Peninsula combined. Professor Michael Polito, an ecologist at the Louisiana State University who participated in the research, said he was amazed by the sheer number of Adele penguins he saw. He said that the water around the islands just boiled with penguins. For decades, scientists thought the number of Adele penguins had been in steady decline. But the new colony has been protected by its remote location. Excellent discovery. Now, finally, I'm going to do something a little bit different with this news story. Animal and plant discoveries by our intrepid explorers, Meriwether Lewis and Captain William Clark. This is a news story that's dated from the fictitious Monticello Times in the year 1807. The completion of the recent expedition by Meriwether Lewis and Captain William Clark and their detailed journals have revealed the scientific discoveries of numerous animals and plants. The expedition confirmed the discovery of 174 plants and 134 species and subspecies I'll tell you, rather than just read this article, uh, this fictitious article, I'll just tell you a little bit about the truth about the Lewis and Clark expedition that was staged from 1803 to 1806. First, a little background. Napoleon Bonaparte, who was a ruler of France, was in a great war on the European continent at that time, and with just about everybody, and Napoleon needed money, so France owned at that time nearly half of the North American continent, at least the southern half of the continent where the U.S. would finally rule, and President Jefferson was fascinated with what was west of the Atlantic coast of states that was the United States at that time. So, Napoleon sold his Louisiana territory, and the purchase was known as the Louisiana Purchase, for $15 million. That was for 828,000 acres, or three cents per acre back then. If you were to convert that into day, today's dollars, it would be $8.5 billion adjusted for inflation for land that immediately doubled the size of the United States, adding the amount of 13 new states worth of territory. President Jefferson at that time was deep down in explore at heart, so he enlisted his personal secretary, Meriwether Lewis, who then chose a friend of his by the name of William Clark to be the co-leader of an expedition. And for two years from the start outpost of St. Louis, which was a wild west back then, they traveled north through the Midwest and west through what is now Montana, Idaho, Oregon, and then to the coast of Fort Clatsop on the Pacific Ocean. And on their way, on their two and a half year journey, they encountered many strange animals. Now, these animals, of course, were known to the Native Americans, the millions of the Native American tribes for generations, but they were never seen before by Europeans or Americans on the East Coast or the scientific communities of that time. It would be like seeing these animals for the first time would be much like us today landing on an alien planet in deep space and seeing strange and wondrous creatures on an oxygen-rich, temperate planet. These are some of the animals they discovered and were reported by the Lewis and Clark expedition. What I want you to do now is I want you to put on your imagination cap and just think that you are sitting by a running creek or river at a campsite with Lewis and Clark. You and I go out there with them, and we are near this creek and river just relaxing. And from our vantage point, 
Let's see if we can spot any of these newly discovered animals and consider what we've already seen. Like I said, over 134 species were discovered. And let's start with one of the most uh, momentous discoveries. It was something very small. It was the black-tailed prairie dog, and several were sent back to President Jefferson midway through the expedition to the delight of Jefferson and the scientific community. But also they discovered the bushy-tailed wood rat, the grizzly bear. They had several dangerous encounters with grizzly bears. Mule deer, pronghorn sheep, white-tailed rabbit. They also found the American badger, the beaver, never before seen. Bighorn sheep, bison, black bear. These are all iconic animals now of the North American continent and here in the United States. Coyote, the eastern cottontail, the fox squirrel, the elk, the gray squirrel, the gray wolf, long-tailed weasel, the muskrat, all brand new, never discovered, never seen by Easterners in the United States at that time. Mountain lion, northern pocket gopher, the northern river otter, the north-tailed shrew, the black-tailed deer, the porcupine, red fox, ground squirrel, Striped skunk, white-tailed deer. They also saw a lot of birds, too, that they never knew existed. The American crow, which we know today absolutely by name and also sight immediately. The American white pelican, the bald eagle, the bank swallow, the belted kingfisher, blue jay, blue grouse, the great blue heron, the great egret. The Golden Eagle, the Great Horned Owl, the Mallard, the Morning Dove. All these were discovered. Red-headed woodpecker, red-tailed hawk. It just goes on and on. A, a western meadowlark, the whooping crane, the wild turkey. Reptiles, the western rattlesnake, the western hog-nosed snake, the spiny soft-shelled turtle. The horned lizard and the western garter snake. The fish that they'd never seen before. The blue catfish, channel cat, mountain whitefish, white sturgeon, cutthroat trout. And of course the plants. The evening primrose, the uh, Indian tobacco, the common juniper, the sagebrush, ponderosa pine. And the list just goes on and on. And the wild rose. Samples were gathered and transported back to Washington, D.C. and the scientific community there of zoologists and botanists to their delight. Detailed drawings and descriptions from the journals kept by Lewis and Clark were presented. The expedition revealed the true beauty of the Louisiana Purchase and the natural living wealth and beauty of the North American continent. To me, it, it really is a fascinating subject. And because of that, I will be telling you more stories in this Visit to Zoo podcast in the future about the animals discovered by Meriwether Lewis and William Clark and 60 other members of the Corps of Discovery.
It's a little bit about the Lewis and Clark expedition. Now, let's go back to our regularly scheduled programming after the zoo news. And what we'll do now, of course, is do our mystery animal sounds. And I'm going to give you three sounds today, and we'll see if you can guess what they are. And I'll reveal what they are later on in the podcast. So let's start with this first animal sound. See if you can guess what this is. Okay, let me do that again. All right, now here is our next mystery animal sound. Okay, I think you've had enough of that. And finally, here is our third mystery animal sound for today. Those are our three mystery animal sounds for today. And later on in this episode, I'll tell you what you just heard. Let's go to our animal description now. And this is again read by Houston actress Shannon Zamora. Thank you, Shannon, for recording these for me. And this is about the Bactrian camel. And it's one of the 120 animals in the Visit the Zoo series. So let's hear a little bit about this animal. Bactrian camel. As the saying goes, that's a face only a mother could love. And it is plastered on a Bactrian camel. Earlier in the Visit the Zoo series, in volume one, we looked at a dromedary or single-humped camel. The Bactrian camel has two humps. The Bactrian camel originates in Central Asia from the Gobi and Taklamakan deserts. There is also a small group of wild camels in the Kashmir Valley of India and Pakistan. There are nearly two million of these camels that are domesticated throughout the world, but only 800 remain wild in China. Plus, that smaller packet of wild Bactrian camels in Kashmir. They got their name from an ancient region they once inhabited called Bactria, which is now located in the country of Afghanistan. They are the largest mammal in their native region. They stand 5.9 to 7.5 feet tall at the shoulder, and they have a head-to-tail length of 7.8 to 11.5 feet. They weigh 660 to 2,200 pounds. The males are much larger than the females, and they both have very long and heavy coats. Those winter coats sometimes fall off in big chunks during the spring, rather than gradually flaking off. Bactrian camels have two humps on their backs. They are not filled with water. They are made up of fat. They can go for months at a time without water. They migrate for long distances in harsh conditions to find the water they need. In those unforgiving deserts, the temperature swings from very hot to very cold. It can be as much as 104 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer and minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit below in the winter. When they are well fed, the humps stand up straight. When they are not, they tend to flop over. And what will they eat? They will eat almost any vegetation, but they like plants that are dry, prickly, and salty. If they find carrion, dead animals, they will chew on the bones. An interesting fact, they will eat snow to get the water they need. 
They also have good sight and smell. They are also good swimmers and fast runners. They can run at speeds of up to 40 miles per hour. Bactrian camels are diurnal. They sleep in the open at night and forage or look for food during the day. When their baby calves are born, they stand quickly. They will nurse for one and a half years and stay with their mothers for up to three to five years before they go off on their own. They live 20 to 40 years, but can live up to 50 years in good conditions. Bactrian camels can live in groups of up to 30, but they usually live in groups of six to 20 individuals. Their only known predators are gray wolves. Caspian tigers used to hunt them long ago, but Caspian tigers are now extinct and no longer exist. Bactrian camels are thought to have been domesticated and used by humans as pack animals as long ago as 4,000 years. The single-humped dromedary camels as long as 6,000 years ago. Camels, scientists believe, seem to have originally come from North America 30 million years ago. During an ice age, camels managed to cross the Bering Sea land bridge that once existed in Alaska and then into Asia and westward. Because of their unique body, both types of camels are instantly recognized around the world today. And there are good examples of both types of camels in zoos around the world. Oh, thank you very much, Shannon, for that excellent read on the Bactrian camel. Okay, let's go back to our three mystery animal sounds and let's see if you guessed what they were. Let's go to the first one. All right, let me play it for you. Well, that is the sound of the elephant seal. The elephant seal is a very large animal. It gets its name from the large appendage on the end of their snout. It looks like an elephant's trunk. And like I said, they are big animals. They weigh up to 6,600 pounds. That's more than three tons. They are 16 feet in length, and the females are a bit smaller. They live in colonies on coastal areas and on islands around the world, but typically in cooler climates. They spend about 80% of their lives in the ocean, swimming, eating animals like squid, eels, small sharks. They can dive up to 1,500 to 2,000 meters. That's more than 3,000 feet plus. Northern elephant seals live about nine years. Southern seals live about 20 to 22 years. They are of least concern for their survival status. They are protected by the 1972 Marine Mammal Protection Act, so hunting of the elephant seal is prohibited. Now let's go to our next animal. See if you can guess what this is. That's another one of those animals with really an annoying sound. This animal is called a flying fox, but they're not really foxes. These are bats, and they are the biggest bats in the world. They're, they're known as fruit bats. They live in the tropics and subtropics of Asia, Australia, East Africa, on remote islands as well in the Indian and Pacific Oceans. They eat mostly fruit, blossoms, flowers, nectar. They have excellent smell and eyesight, and they also have a wingspan of almost five feet wide. They weigh between 1.4 and 2.4 
pounds and they can weigh as much as 3.5 pounds. Their head resembles a small fox with small ears and large eyes. That's why they're called flying foxes. They are threatened because their meat is considered a delicacy. Although I don't think they would be on a plate in our home, that's for sure. All right, here is our third animal sound and see if you can guess what this is. Think you know what it is? Well, that is a hippopotamus or hippo. They live in Sub-Sahara and Southern Africa. They are another large animal. The males weigh up to 3,300 pounds. Females a little bit less, about 2,870 pounds. They are semi-aquatic animals. They have a smaller subspecies called the pygmy hippopotamus. They have a barrel-like torso and short legs and wide mouths and large canine tusks. They have hairless bodies, but they're very swift. They can run up to 20 miles per hour. They inhabit rivers, lakes, mangrove swamps, and their territory is usually near the water where they like to keep cool. At dusk, when the sun goes down, they graze on nearby grasses. They're the most dangerous animal in the world, besides some others, of course. Uh, but they're very dangerous because they're very territorial and they're aggressive, and they're unpredictable. Up to 2,900 to 3,000 people per year, humans in Africa, are killed by hippos. They are threatened by habitat loss. So if you see a hippo on the horizon, I suggest you start walking or running the other way. That's for sure. We're coming down here towards the end. This seems to be a, a longer episode, so I apologize for that, but we've covered a lot of ground today. And my last segment is going to be, usually uh, we do a poem or I do a quote, and I've done a quote or two the last couple of episodes, so I thought I would go back to a poem. And the poem is by writer, artist, and illustrator Oliver Herford, who is very popular. Uh, between 18, he lived between 1860 and 1935, and his, his illustrations were very popular during that time. The poem is called The Mongoose, which is a small little meerkat-looking creature. Uh, it's native to southern Eurasia and Africa, and their skill set, the mongoose, is killing venomous snakes, especially cobra snakes, which are very dangerous, of course. Again, this is The Mongoose by Oliver Herford. This children is the famed mongoose. He has an appetite, abstruse. Strange to relate, this creature takes a curious joy in eating snakes. All kinds, though, it must be confessed. He likes the poisonous ones best. From him we learn how very small a thing can bring about a fall. Oh, mongoose, where were you that day when Mistress Eve was led astray? If you'd but seen the serpent first, our parents would not have been cursed. And so there would be no excuse for Milton, but for you, mongoose. Well, 
Well, that about wraps it up for us here on the Visit the Zoo podcast. I want to thank you very much for joining us next week. We're going to have more breaking animal news that I'll hopefully find for you. We'll have three new mystery animal sounds, a full animal descriptions, and a surprise or two like we had earlier in this episode. So stay tuned. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review, especially on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated and would help our ratings as well. So subscribe, rate, and review. By the way, we are now on a total of nine separate podcast distribution channels, plus the host here on Podbean. So we're, we're growing and we're getting more reach, that's for sure. By the way, we're in 18 countries now around the world, so people are listening to us. You can visit us at our three websites for more information and links. And the first of those websites is Zoo Animals, that's plural, zooanimals.info. And my main author site is Frederick Fishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N, frederickfishman.com. And if you want to help support everything that we do here at Visit the Zoo, you can go to our Patreon site at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash visit the zoo. That's Patreon dot com slash visit the zoo. So I want to thank you very much for joining us, and I hope that you'll join us next week for another episode of Visit the Zoo.